Chapter Six of Cocoa and Chocolate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Allison Hester of Athens, Georgia. Cocoa and Chocolate: Their History from Plantation to Consumer by Arthur W. Knapp. Chapter Six: The Manufacture of Chocolate what i am about to write under this heading will only be of a general character those who require a more detailed exposition are referred to the standard works given at the end of the chapter in these full and accurate information will be found the information published in modern encyclopedias etc concerning the manufacture of chocolate is not always as reliable as one might expect thus it states in jack's excellent reference book 1914 that quote, chocolate is made by the addition of water and sugar end quote. the use of water in the manufacture of chocolate is contrary to all usual practice so much so that great interest was aroused in the trade some years ago by the statement that water was being used by a firm in germany specimen outline recipe Ingredients required for plain eating chocolate. Cacao nib or mass, 33 parts. Cacao butter, 13 parts. Sugar, 53 and 3 quarter parts. Flavoring, 1 quarter parts. Total, 100 parts. Since eating chocolate is produced by mixing sugar and cacao nib with or without flavoring materials and reducing to a fine homogeneous mass, the principles underlying its manufacture are obviously simple, yet when we come to consider the production of a modern high-class chocolate, we find the processes involved are somewhat elaborate. A. Preparing the nib or mass. The nib is obtained in exactly the same way as in the manufacture of cocoa, the beans being cleaned, roasted, and shelled. The roasting, however, is generally somewhat lighter for chocolate than for cocoa. The nibs produced may be used as they are, or they may be first ground to mass by means of millstones as described above. B. Mixing in the sugar. Some makers use clear crystalline granulated sugar. Others disintegrate loaf sugar to a beautiful snow white flour. The nib coarse or finely ground is mixed with the sugar in a kind of edge runner or grinding mixer called a melangur as seen in the photo the melangur consists of two heavy millstones which are supported on a granite floor this floor revolves and causes the stationary millstones to rotate on their axis so that although they run rapidly like a man on a joy wheel they make no headway the material is prevented from accumulating at the sides by curved scrapers which gracefully deflect the stream of material to the part of the revolving floor which runs under the millstones thus the sugar and nib are mixed and crushed as the mixture usually becomes like dough in consistency it can be neatly removed from the melangur with a shovel the operator rests a shovel lightly on the revolving floor and the material mounts into a heap upon it c grinding the mixture 
The mixture is now passed through a mill, which has been described as looking like a multiple mangle. The object of this is to break down the sugar and cacao to smaller particles. The rolls may be made either of granite, more strictly speaking, of quartz, diorite, or of polished chilled cast iron. Chilled cast iron rolls have the advantage that they can be kept cool by having water flowing through them. A skilled operator is required to set the rolls in order that they may give a large and satisfactory output. The cylinders in contact run at different speeds and, as will be seen in the diagram, the chocolate always clings to the roll which is revolving with the greater velocity and is delivered from the rolls either as a curtain of chocolate or as a spray of chocolate powder. It is very striking to see the soft chocolate-colored dough become, after merely passing between the rolls, a dry powder. The explanation is that the sugar, having been more finely crushed, now requires a greater quantity of cacao butter to lubricate it before the mixture can again become plastic. The chocolate, in its various stages of manufacture, should be kept warm or it will solidify in much time and heat and possibly temper, will be absorbed in remelting it. For this and other reasons, most chocolate factories have a number of hot rooms in which the chocolate is stored whilst waiting to pass on to the next operation. The dry powder coming from the rolls is either taken to a hot room or at once mixed in a warm melangur, where curiously enough, the whole becomes, once again, the consistency of dough. The grinding between the rolls and the mixing in the melangur are repeated any number of times until the chocolate is of desired fineness. Whilst there are a few people who like the clean, hard feel of sugar crystals between the teeth, the present-day taste is all for very smooth and highly refined chocolate. Hence, the grinding operation is one of the most important in the factory and is checked at the works at Bourneville by measuring with a microscope the size of the particles. The cost of fine grinding is considerable, for whilst the first breaking down of the cacao nibs and sugar crystals is comparatively easy, it is found that as the particles of chocolate get finer, the cost of further reduction increases by leaps and bounds. The chocolate may now proceed direct to the molding rooms, or it may first be conched. D. Conching We now come to an extraordinary process, which is said to have been originally introduced to satisfy a fastidious taste that demanded a chocolate which readily melted in the mouth and yet had not the cloying effect which is produced by excess of cacao butter. In this process, the chocolate is put in a vessel shaped something like a shell, hence called a conch, and a heavy roller is pushed to and fro in the chocolate. Although the conch is considered to have revolutionized the chocolate industry, it will remain to the uninitiated a curious sight to see a room full of machines engaged in pummeling chocolate day and night. There is no general agreement as to exactly how the conch produces its effects. From the scientific point of view, the changes are complex and elusive and too technical to explain here. 
but it is well known that if this process is continued for periods varying according to the result desired from a few hours to a week characteristic changes occur which make the chocolate a more mellow and finished confection having more or less the velvet feel of chocolate fondant e flavoring art is shown not only in the choice of the cacao beans but also in the selection of spices and essences for whilst the fundamental flavor of a chocolate is determined by the blend of beans and the method of manufacture the piquancy and special character are often obtained by the addition of minute quantities of flavorings the point in the manufacture at which the flavor is added is as late as possible so as to avoid the possible loss of aroma in handling the flavors used include cardamom cassia cinnamon cloves coriander lemon mace and last but most popular of all the vanilla pod or vanillin some makers use the choice spices themselves others prefer their essential oils many other nutty fragrant and aromatic substances have been used of these we may mention almonds coffee musk ambergris gum benzoin and balsam of peru the english like delicately flavored confections whilst the spanish follow the old custom of heavily spicing the chocolate in ancient recipes we read of the use of white and red peppers and the addition of hot spices was defended and even recommended on purely philosophical grounds it was given in the strange jargon of the peripatetics as a dictum that chocolate is by nature cold and dry and therefore ought to be mixed with things which are hot f molding small quantities of cacao butter will have been added to the chocolate at various stages and hence the finished product is quite plastic it is now brought from the hot room or the melangur or the conch to the molding rooms before molding the chocolate is passed through a machine known as a compressor which removes air bubbles this is a necessary process as people would not care to purchase chocolate full of holes as in the previous operations every effort has been made to produce a chocolate of smooth texture and fine flavor so in the molding rooms skill is exercised in converting the plastic mass into hard bars and cakes which snap when broken and which have a pleasant appearance well molded chocolate has a good gloss a rich color and a correct shape the most important factor in obtaining a good appearance is the temperature and chocolate is frequently passed through a machine called a tempering machine merely to give it the desired temperature a suitable temperature for molding according to zipperer varies from 28 degrees celsius on a hot summer's day to 32 degrees celsius on a winter's day as the melting point of cacao butter is about 32 degrees Celsius, it will be realized that the butter is supercooled and is ready to crystallize on the slightest provocation. Each mold has to contain the same quantity of chocolate. Weighing by hand has been abandoned in favor of a machine which automatically deposits a definite weight, 
such as a quarter or half a pound, of the chocolate paste on each mold. The chocolate stands up like a lump of dough and has to be persuaded to lie down and fill the mold. This can be most effectively accomplished by banging the mold up and down on a table. In the factory, the method used is to place the molds on rocking tables, which rise gradually and fall with a bump. The diagram will make clear how these vibrating tables are worked by means of ratchet wheels. Rocking tables are made, which are silent in action, but the molds jerkily dancing about on the table make a very lively clatter, such a noise as might be produced by a regimen of mad cavalry crossing a courtyard. During the shaking up, the chocolate fills every crevice of the mold, and any bubbles, which, if left in, would spoil the appearance of the chocolate, rise to the top. The chocolate then passes on to an endless band which conducts the mold through a chamber in which cold air is moving. As the chocolate cools, it solidifies and contracts so that it comes out of the mold clean and bright. In this way are produced the familiar sticks and cakes of chocolate. A similar method is used in producing croquettes and the small tablets known as Neapolitans. Other forms require more elaborate molds. Thus, the chocolate eggs, which fill the confectioner's windows just before Easter, are generally hollow, unless they are very small, and are made in two halves by pressing chocolate in egg-shaped molds and then uniting the two halves. Chocolate creams, caramels, almonds, and, in fact, fancy chocolates generally are produced in quite a different manner. For these chocolates de fantasie, a rather liquid chocolate is required known as covering chocolate. Specimen Outline Recipe Ingredients required for chocolate covering creams, etc. Cacao nib or mass, 30 parts. Cacao butter, 20 parts. Sugar, 49 and 3 quarter parts. Flavoring, 1 quarter parts total 100 parts. It is prepared in exactly the same way as ordinary eating chocolate, save that more butter is added to make it flow readily, so that in the melted condition it has about the same consistency as cream. The operations so far described are conducted by men, but the covering of creams and the packing of the finished chocolates into boxes are performed by girls. Covering is light work, requiring a delicate touch, and if, as is usual, it is done in bright, airy rooms, it is a pleasant occupation. The girl sits with a small bowl of warm liquid chocolate in front of her, and on one side, the centers, creams, caramels, ginger, nuts, etc., ready for covering with chocolate. The chocolate must be at just the right temperature, which is 88 degrees Fahrenheit or 31 degrees Celsius. She takes one of the centers, say a vanilla cream, on her fork and dips it beneath the chocolate. When she draws it out, the white cream is completely covered in brown chocolate, and without touching it with her finger, she deftly places it on a piece of smooth paper. A little twirl of the fork or drawing a prong across the chocolate will give the characteristic marking on the top of the chocolate cream. The chocolate rapidly sets to a crisp film enveloping the soft cream.
There are in use in many chocolate factories some very ingenious covering machines, invented in 1903, as they clothe creams in a robe of chocolate, are known as enrobers. It is doubtful, however, if the chocolates so produced have even quite so good an appearance as when the covering is done by hand. It would be agreeable at this point to describe the making of creams, which, by the way, contrary to the opinion of most writers, contain no cream or butter, and other products of the confectioner's art, but it would take us beyond the scope of the present book. We will only remind our readers of the great variety of comestibles and confections which are covered in chocolate, pistachio nut, roasted almonds, pralines, biscuits, walnuts, nougat, Montelimar, fruits, fruit creams, jellies, Turkish delight, marshmallows, caramels, pineapple, noisette, and other delicacies. Milk chocolate. We owe the introduction of this excellent food and confection to the researches of M. D. Petey of Veve in Switzerland, who produced milk chocolate as early as 1876. Many of our older readers will remember their delight when in the 1890s they first tasted Peter's milk chocolate. Later, the then little firm of Kailer, realizing the importance of having the factory on the very spot where rich milk was produced in abundance, established a works near Gruyar. This grew rapidly and soon became the largest factory in Switzerland. The sound principle of having your factory in the heart of a milk-producing area was adopted by Cadbury's, who built milk-condensing factories at the ancient village of Frampton-on-Severn in Gloucestershire and at Knighton near Newport, Salup. Before the war, these two factories together condensed from two to three million gallons of milk a year, whilst the amount of milk used in England for making milk chocolate appears very great when expressed in gallons, it is seen to be very small being only about one-half of one percent when expressed as a fraction of the total milk production. Milk chocolate is not made from milk produced in the winter, when milk is scarce, but from milk produced in the spring and summer, when there is milk in excess of the usual household requirements, and when it is rich and creamy. The importance of not interfering with the normal milk supply to local customers is appreciated by the chocolate makers, who take steps to prevent this. It will interest public analysts and others to know that Cadbury's have had no difficulty in making it a stipulation in their contracts with the vendors that the milk supplied to them shall contain at least 3.5% of butter fat a 17% increase on the minimum fixed by the government. Specimen Outline Recipe Ingredients Required for Milk Chocolate Cacao Nib or Mass from 10 to 20% say 10 parts Cacao Butter 20 parts Sugar 44 and 3 quarter parts Milk Solids from 15 to 25% say 25 parts equals 200 parts of milk. Flavoring, one quarter parts. Total, 100 parts. Milk chocolate consists of an intimate mixture of cacao nib, sugar, and milk, condensed by evaporation. The manner in which the milk is mixed with the cacao nib 
is a matter of taste, and the art of combining milk with chocolate, so as to retain the full flavor of each, has engaged the attention of many experts. At present, there is no general method of manufacture. Each maker has his own secret processes, which generally include the use of grinding mills, melangures, conches, molding machines, etc., as with plain chocolate. We cannot do better than refer those who wish to know more of this, or other branch of the chocolate industry, to the following English, French, and German standard works on chocolate manufacture. Cocoa and Chocolate, Their Chemistry and Manufacture, by R. Wimper, Churchill. Fabrication du Chocolate, by Fritsch, Scientific et Industriel. The Manufacture of Chocolate, by Dr. Paul Zipperer, Spahn. End of chapter 3